It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio.
need prayer for anything, give us a call.
says in um, Revelation chapter 4, After these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you things which must take place after this. Immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he who sat there was like a jasper and sardis stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. Around the throne were twenty-four thrones. And on the thrones I saw twenty-four elders sitting, clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold on their heads. And from the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Before the throne there was a sea of glass like crystal, and in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures, full of eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion, the second living creature like a calf, the third living creature had a face like a man, and the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor to thanks to him who sits upon the throne, who lives forever and ever, the twenty-four elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him, who lives forever and ever, and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? And no one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it. So I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. And I looked and beheld in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb. As though it has been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out into all the earth. And then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and a golden bowl of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and you have redeemed us to God by your blood, out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation, and have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. 
And then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the twenty-four elders fell down and worshipped him who lives forever and ever. My friends, there's your picture of Jesus right there. The Lamb who was slain for our sins, who has redeemed us to the Father, to whom is worthy of glory, honor, and praise, and power. Him who has the, all the authority of heaven and earth. Him who sits in heaven and making intercession for us. Him who has made a way for us to have access to the Father. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And there's no one like him. For by him everything was created, and through him everything exists, and everything has its meaning in him, and our lives are hidden in him, and every breath we have, every breath is because of him, and so we worship him, the Lamb of God. In Jesus we say holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Jesus, we give our lives to you tonight. We bow our hearts at your throne. We consider the whole of our lives, the whole of our existence, is for you. Let every breath be for you. Let everything we do glorify you. You know, um, when I was a lot younger, I remember um, being in someone's house and they had this picture on the wall um, that someone had um, painted of the throne room of God. And there was, in this picture, an innumerable amount of people standing around this throne. And when I looked at this picture, I could almost see myself somewhere in the crowd on the right. And the joy of being there, being able to look upon him. to lift my voice with everybody else to cry out praise and adoration to him who has redeemed us 
to him who has saved us, to him who has called us, to him who has made us accepted, made us, made us citizens in heaven. Everything is about him. Everything is for him. You know, the Bible says, hey, Has forgiven much, loves much. And, you know, I used to um, think, you know, Paul said, considered himself the worst of sinners. And I know me and Chris could both say that we take that um, trophy away from Paul because we both lived lives in the past um, that weren't pleasing to the Lord. And, you know, to think of the entirety of my life from the beginning and to the end and the grace of God that has been poured out into my life, the unmerited favor of the Lord, not deserved, not earned, grace poured out by the mercy of the Father demonstrating his love toward us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us and made us accepted to the Father. It says he has forever perfected those who are being sanctified. You know, um, since I was a child, I could think of no other purpose in life but him. You know, some people are called to be doctors. Some people are called to be lawyers. Some people are called to be teachers. I never cared for what I was called to do in that sense and fashion um, in life. As far as working, I fixed computers and um, I've done that for years and years because it's just been always been easy for me but outside of the job because the job is something I do and the ministry as much as possible through the job but outside of the job outside of the identity of the job I do I have the identity of who I am and who I am is permanently tied to who I know. Every fiber, every ounce, every atom in my being is tied to the identity of Christ Jesus. Whether I live or die, everything is for him. Because there is no other meaning, there is no other purpose, there is no other goal, there is no other aspiration. There is nothing of any significance outside the weight of the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Like Paul said, that I may know him. Like Moses cried on the mountain, God, if I have found favor in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you. It's the only thing that matters. It's the only thing that matters is to know him. 
and you know it's it's up to you the Holy Spirit Jesus is a gentleman it's up to you how close you get it's up to you how much you know you know everybody has their own little comfort zones um And the question is, how close do you want to get? Because you can stand in the back, and you can witness, and you can see him. Like the children of Israel who were scared to go near the mountain because they were afraid. And there's people who will take steps closer. And then there is people who say they want to go to the top of the mountain because they will not rest. They will not cease their pursuit until they've gone through the crowd and reached out and touched him because that's where life is. Like the woman with the issue of blood who was considered least of all and had crowds of people between her and the Lord Jesus. And she pressed through and pushed through and crawled through until she got to him because she said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, just one touch, that's enough and we the bride of Christ need to reach out and press on and push through that we may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus first laid hold of us Paul said in Philippians Chapter 3, verse 7. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things, all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended or understood, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press for the goal, for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus.
That's all that matters. That's it. The only thing you have to give is Him. Freely you've received, freely give. And we don't have much of an excuse not to give it. Paul said, woe is me if I do not preach. We don't have much excuse not to give the life of the gospel, the truth of the gospel, the hope of the gospel to a world that is lost and dying without him. While the enemy presses in, trying to erase the memory of the Lord Jesus Christ. We fight a fight in the heavenly places and the spiritual places because Paul said our fight is not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this age who would try to take out the knowledge of the Lord from this earth so that it would be as it was in the days of Noah where men had forgot him. But we can't forget him because everything about us is because of him. So um, we started reading in um, the Gospel of John and we're going to pick it up a little bit. Holy Spirit, The word declares that you would reveal to us the heart of the Father and the thoughts and the mind of the Father. The word says that we don't need that anybody teaches because you would teach us concerning all things. So Holy Spirit, I ask tonight that you would take this word, Father, and you would make it alive and give us fresh revelation, Lord. For every person who is listening tonight, Father, give them revelation into your word. Jesus, give them revelation into your heart and your desires. So, um, John chapter 3, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you can hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? 
Jesus answered and said to him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and you don't know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is the Son of Man who is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved this world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son in the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light, and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may clearly be seen, that they, they have been done in God. You know, there comes a time, and let me pre-phrase all everything I'm about to say, um, but um, hopefully I don't offend you, and if I do, I'm sorry. But when I speak on these broadcasts, um, I speak to myself just as much as I speak to any of you. And, you know, there comes a time in our lives when we have to grow up. We have to... Bible says when I was a child I spoke like a child I thought like a child but when I grew up I put child's things away there comes a time when we have to grow up in the body of Christ there comes a time when we have to grow up until the full character and stature of Christ Jesus putting away the things of the flesh like it says in the Bible laying aside the sin and the weight that so easily ensnares us Because there's a world out there that looks at us, that's seeking answers. And the only one that really matters is, do you know him? And they can tell by your actions if you know him. They can tell by the way you talk. They can tell by what you do, whether you know him, whether you truly live what you say you live. If you truly believe what you say you believe, is it just taught? Is it just something you say because you've always said it? Do you go to church just because you've always done it, because it's what's expected of you? And we have to, at times, evaluate ourselves and our own lives. And let the Holy Spirit go into our hearts, search out, and see if there's anything 
that shouldn't be there. You know, I was saying earlier, asking how close do you want to get to him? And you know, the truth of the truth of it is, um, it's always up to you. He's done everything. He's done his part. He said, "Draw near to me, and I will draw near to you." And he's already made the way available for you through the death of his son Jesus. All you have to do is come. There's a song we used to sing in church that said, "Come to the waters and drink," and that's it. You come to him as you are. He doesn't care. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you did five minutes ago, ten years ago. It doesn't matter to him because he loves you. And nothing you could do could change that. Nothing that you could ever do could change the love of the Father for you. But if you want to get close to him, there are some things that ha- that will change. And you don't even have to try. You try a little bit, but let me put it this way. The Bible says he is an all-consuming fire. And the closer you get to him, the more you spend time with him, the more the things of this world, the desires of this world will grow vaguely dim in your life. The old desires will be gone, and your desires will be transformed into a desire for him and for the things of his kingdom and for the things of his heart until you wake up one day and you realize that you're a new person and you never, you didn't even realize how it happened. You realize you won't talk the same, you won't think the same, you won't look at people the same because his presence will work in you says that we behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord and are being changed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the spirit of the Lord and he'll change you and he'll transform you and your life will be completely made new through his blood just don't be mistaken and don't doubt how much he wants a relationship with you, how much he wants to be in your life, not just on Sunday mornings or Wednesday nights or Friday nights or whenever. Every minute of every second of every day, the Father is there for you, walking with you in the Garden of Eden it was rarely Adam and Eve who, it says, were calling out for God and trying to go find him. But it was God who was searching out Adam and Eve, saying, come, where are you? I'm looking for you. And today, he says the same thing. Where are you? I'm looking for you. Come and spend time with me. Come for a walk with me. Just sit and talk with me. Just sit with me. Because he loves you. 
loves you enough that he was willing to sacrifice the biggest sacrifice there was, which was his own son, who was with him from the beginning. And it actually gets worse than that. Because he sent his own son in the form of a man to take our place on the cross of Calvary. For my sin, for your sin, for the world's sin. The Bible said, despising the shame, he endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. And while he was on the cross, God took all the sin, all the punishment, all the judgment, and cast it upon him. Everything, all the anger, all the punishment for all the sins were put upon him that we could have eternal life because he was the only one without spot or blemish. You know, I heard someone say once, it was interesting if you read the scripture about the cross because toward the end of it, Jesus cried out, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? People have always wondered what it meant and why he would say that. And the people who were there were always were trying to figure it out. And they're like, okay, well, he's calling for this person or this person. But this is what I think. Ever since the beginning of time, before time existed, the Father had been with his Son and the Son with the Father. If you search the scriptures, you'll find that you, the disciples could find Jesus night after night upon the mountain, withdrawn from the world to be alone with his Father. <clears throat> but then on the cross, all of a sudden, what happens? The Father, my opinion once again, but the Father who is light, holy, pure, who cannot even look at sin, be around sin, had to turn his back on his own son if just for a second, because his son became sin, became the very image of sin, so that sin could be crucified. And for those few moments, the only time in eternity when the Father could not look at the Son until it was over. The weight of the sin to know what it's like without His presence when you've never known anything but His presence. I heard someone say once, that's what hell really is. Hell isn't just flames and everything else. It's the lack of the presence of God. It's something that nobody on the face of this planet has ever experienced. 
Because even if you don't believe in him, and there's many people out there that don't, they've still never been without his presence. Because the Bible says, where can I go from your presence, and where can I flee from your spirit? Wherever I go, you're there. And we've never experienced the lack of the presence of God. Whether we realized he was there or not, he's always there. For, for that one moment. Jesus felt the separation of the lack of communion with the Father so that we wouldn't ever have to. And not only so that we wouldn't have to, but that the wall of sin, the barrier that had kept us from the presence of God would be removed. That we could have access it's the Holy of Holies. It's the presence of the Lord. You know, there's one other thing that is interesting is that I've talked to many people who've been to Israel. I've never been able to go. But I've always heard the same thing for people who go to Israel and they visit the tomb of Jesus and they walk in there and the strange thing is is they don't feel him anymore they don't feel his presence in that tomb because he's not there anymore because he's risen because not even death could hold him and he went into the bowels of hell and took the keys from the enemy conquered over death, hell, and the grave was raised victorious through the Holy Spirit ascended into heaven and took his place at the right hand of God and was crowned with riches and glory and honor and given the name that is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that he is Lord and he is victorious in your life. He has the victory. Whatever the situation is, he has the victory. Lift up your eyes and look and behold the Lamb of God. This is Prayer International Radio. Our call in number 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for something, give us a call, and we're going to be right back. I'm finding myself at a loss. thing I need is to be heard, but to hear what you would say, word of God speak, would you pour down like rain, washing my eyes to see your majesty. 
Welcome back to Prayer International Radio. Our call-in number, 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for anything, please give us a call. So we're going to get into prayer in just a little bit, but before that, I'm going to attempt to get into some more of um, John. So, John chapter 4, one of my favorite stories. It says, Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well, and it was about the sixth hour. And a woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, then you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And the woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well? And drink from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock. And Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I will give him will become a fountain of living water, springing up into everlasting life. If you knew the gift of God. You would have asked, and he would have given you living water. You know, tonight, whatever your life is like, whatever place you're in, he's there to give you living water, flowing out a fountain of living water. It says in Isaiah, why do you spend your money on what is not bread? Tonight, come, taste and see that the Lord is good. Maybe you never trusted him before. Maybe you trusted him at one point and whatever happened and nothing turned out the way you thought it would. And so you sort of stopped trusting him. But tonight I'm telling you, trust the Lord. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Come to the fountain of living water. And there is a place for you at his side. There's a place for you at his table. You are accepted 
in his presence because the Father wants you with him. Father God, all across this world, Lord, there are people even tonight, Lord, who don't know you. Children who are being raised without the knowledge of you. Families who go to sleep without knowing you. Jesus, you said to pray the Lord of the harvest, that he would send laborers into his harvest. For you said to lift your eyes and look, because the harvest is ripe. So, Father, we stand, Lord, in your presence. Father, asking that you would raise up laborers, Lord. Raise up workers, Father. Raise up men and women and children to go into the marketplaces and go into their workplaces and go into their schools, Lord, to proclaim the love of Christ to the nations, Father. Father, from Africa to the Philippines to Russia to China to Italy to Europe to Switzerland, Lord, to South America, to the United States, to Canada, Father, to the North Pole, to the South Pole, Father, to Hawaii, Lord, as far as the East is from the West, Lord. Raise up laborers, Father, for this end-time harvest, Lord. Raise up laborers, Father, who long to seek your face, Father. Lord, give them boldness, Father, to boldly proclaim your name to the nations, to go into those places of the darkness and carry the light of the gospel and proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord, Father. Jesus, you said the works that you do, we would do greater. You said that you called us to go into the nations and preach the gospel, Father. So, Father, tonight, raise up a mandate, Lord. Put an anointing on the men and the women and the children, Lord, who are seeking your face, Father. That when you cry, who will go? They will stand up and say, send me. Father, raise up intercessors, Lord. To stand in the gap on behalf of nations and kingdoms of this world, Lord. Raise up intercessors, Lord. To fight in spiritual warfare against the principalities and the rulers of the darkness of this age, Lord. To cast down strongholds, Father. To build, to plant, Lord. Raise up prophets and evangelists and teachers, Lord. Father, raise up your bride, Lord. Pure and spotless and holy, Father. And let your church be unified, Father. Father, your church, Lord, who has been so divided, Father, over this and that. When the only thing that matters is your name, Lord. Because it's in your name that we go, Father. It's in your name that we have salvation, Father. And not only us, but everyone who would call upon you. For you said, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Father, tonight, break every stronghold, break every bondage, Father. Break every addiction in the name of Jesus. 
every stronghold broken in the name of Jesus, every bondage broken in the name of Jesus, every addiction gone in the name of Jesus. glorified tonight, Lord, and your people. Jesus, be glorified tonight, Father, for every underground church, Lord. Father, give them strength and boldness, Father. Give your people a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, Father. Let the eyes of our hearts, Father, be flooded with light, Lord. Let us know what is the hope of your calling. Let us know what is the exceeding greatness of your power toward us who believe, Father. Father, transform us into the image of your Son, Lord. Burn out the things in our lives that aren't pleasing you, Father. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see, Father. Turn our hearts towards you tonight, Lord. Turn our hearts towards you tonight, Father. Break off the spirit of despair, Father, and reveal to your people the joy that comes in your presence, Lord. Your word says that in your presence there is fullness of joy. Father, for everyone who's listening to the sound of my voice, Lord, who's sick tonight. Father, whatever part of their body is sick, Father, right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Lord, we pray for complete and total healing over them. Every bone restored, every organ restored, every disease gone in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Satan, we rebuke you and command you to leave in the name of Jesus. Every disease gone right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Every sickness gone in the name of Jesus. Father, complete and total healing in your name, Lord. Complete and total healing in your name. Your word says, by your stripes we are healed, Father. In the name of Jesus, Father. Freedom and deliverance, Father, for your people, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.